Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. You know, it was, it's uh, while you're giving here, I was just thinking, you know, it's, it's definitely autumn around here. I mean, today it's only supposed to be 89, I think. Whoa, cold fronts and stuff. I was, I was flying in yesterday, and uh, we, we came in. <laughs> I was sitting next to some people from Spokane, Washington, and we had talked through most of the flight because actually I was a little kid, lived in that area, and they were showing me all the beautiful pictures, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And so we're flying. I said, it's just been kind of like hot down here, and, but it's normal. And we were, <laughs> we're flying in there looking. They said, oh, look, you do have fall colors. I mean, look at the, it's already brown out there and everything. It's golden. I was like, it's burned up. All right. It's not not golden. It's just burned up. (laughs) That's just the way it is. I'd love for you to go ahead and get your notes and your Bibles out. Will you do that? Get your notes, your Bibles out. Open up to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17, we're going to start with verse 7 in just a moment. I want you to have this passage of Scripture and get into it. There's a lot before, a lot of fun after it, but we're going to look at this one section. Um, While you're turning there, I would like to invite Myra Davis to the platform. Come on up, Myra, right now. Yeah, just keep playing. Just keep playing. Yeah, just keep playing. Myra, come on up here. Give give her a good hand, all right? Myra, come on up. Yeah, come up and have a seat. These and it is, these chairs scare Whoa. you. Well, you're going to be just fine. All right. All right. I promise you, I'll take care of her. All right. She's <laughs> <laughs> got her husband up there. Don't know. She's been a lot of her. <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of her. But good to see you. And uh, I, I just wanted to, to thank you. You're, uh, you know, you're an important part of our ministry. I remember when you, uh, you guys first came, oh, what, three years ago or so? And, and, and how God has just worked in your lives. And, and, uh, and recently you shared a little bit of a testimony. Uh, and, and Jordan had asked you to fill out some stuff or whatever, and, and, and I saw, yeah, I saw the homework and went, oh my goodness, this, this is going to fit my message wonderfully today, and I wanted you to share a little bit about that, but first of all, just to, just to kind of get us started, tell us a little bit about that journey, where it began, and, uh, and what was happening kind of behind the scenes there in your heart. Yes, growing up, music was such a big part of my family, like my mom would sing to me, like those are some of the most positive memories. Like yeah. My, hearing my mom sing and sing to her back, like when I was an infant or two or three, uh-huh. and my dad would have this big, like these big bags of v, they're not they're cassette tapes, yes. I guess they're called VHS yeah. um, of like oldies, so like Bill Withers or um, Smokey Robinson. We just listened to that on the way to school and back. Um, so I loved to sing. I loved music. My parents put me in piano, f- like four or five years old, and I was yeah. so excited to go. Um, and, and, the, and then there's the Britney, was it the Britney Spears song? Thing? Yeah, so <laughs> when I was in the third grade, I convinced two of my best friends to do the talent show. So we did a Britney Spears song. <laughs> and there Love were like that. four or five other groups of girls doing the same exact song. Yes. So <laughs> but y'all's was cool. Ours, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was good. So fast forward to when I was 15, I gave my life to Christ and started to go to church mm-hmm. regularly and loved praise and worship and just felt my heart like, Oh, like, is that something I could potentially do? Like, not formally trained. I had some music lessons, but yeah. I had those these thought patterns saying, like, no, you're not that good. Like, sit down. You're, so, you don't so need like to do that. So, like, these thoughts were keeping you from stepping mm-hmm. out. Yeah. To, to like, give some, yeah. and those, even those feelings, things you sensed mm-hmm. in your heart. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, so tell, yeah. tell us about those thoughts that were kind of yeah, holding you so back. Yeah, it, so it's just confusing because I had thoughts saying, like, we're well, not that great. Just mm -hmm. settle for being in the background or, you know, singing to yourself. And then on the flip side, it's like, well, if you go up there, then you're performing and that's not humble. Oh, yeah. So it would have yeah. the cyclical just thought patterns keeping me back from stepping out in faith. Yeah, and that, and those things, we all, we all know how, mm -hmm. what those are like, those thoughts that just keep us from moving forward. What's somebody going to think? And, yeah. and uh, all those things. Or what's God going to think? God yeah. won't like it. Uh, so, so who came alongside you? I mean, who, who, came, who, who began to guide you through this process? How did that begin to happen? So I saw on the City Life Partners Facebook page, they were calling um, an ensemble for Easter. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let's just do that. It's fun. I'll be in the background singing. So I text. It was like the day after I missed a deadline. I was like, hey, Liz. I texted her. Is there room? I, yeah. Like, I'm fine just being in the choir ensemble. She's like, okay, I'll send me an audition. So I sent it to her the same day. She texts me or calls me the next morning, and she's like, I don't need you in the background. I need you to have a solo. And I was like, oh, I mean, I just felt like the Holy Spirit telling me, go for it. Yeah. Like, don't, don't worry about it. I'll be there. Go for it. I love that because that was that internal decision that you had to make, the Holy Spirit, and then, and then you decided the decision, mm -hmm. I'm stepping out. I yeah. love that. In fact, I remember the day you had, you guys had, had had your first practice here. It was one weeknight, and I came in, and, and Elizabeth came up to me, and she said, where has Myra been hiding all her life? She says, she can, you know, I mean, Elizabeth is a recording artist, yeah. and, and she says, she can do stuff with her voice that I can't do. That's <laughs> like, well, great. She goes, I'm just putting her up there. She's going to be doing a solo. Uh, it's like, wow. And it, the cool thing is, you're no different of a Myra then than you are now. Except God's using yeah. you more and more and more and more. I love that. I love that. So, so you took the step. You took the step. You jumped in there and you did that. And, and then you, you, you started ministering up on the platform. You were singing this morning as well. And, uh, and I, I mean, can you tell me what, really what your life has looked like as a result of your obedience to God? I think it's just stepping out and being more bold. Mm -hmm. Like not even here in ministry, but at work or in yeah. my relationships, it's just being able to sh share and sing like mm -hmm. is teaching me to step out in faith because God is there with yeah. you throughout. Yeah. That, so. I, can I ask you to do something? I, I just, I'm throwing this on you real quick, but can you just pray a simple prayer for people in here right now just to, to act on those promptings that are in their mm -hmm. hearts? Because the gifts and anointings and stuff that's yeah. out here, there's, there's so much, so much potential and those lies keep coming, you know? Will you just give us a quick prayer? Yeah, so, Father God, thank we just God. thank you for this gathering today. Mm -hmm. There are so many talents and gifts that you've blessed your children with here today. So whatever lies the enemy has telling them, no, it's not good enough, it is good enough because you're there to magnify it. Yeah. And you're there to multiply it, God. So come forward, step out in faith yes. every single day, every little decision, and we thank you that you're with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, one of the things that, uh, that you put in your, in your notes, which was the tipping point. I, I, actually, I was already strongly considering having your testimony in here. But the tipping point for it was at the very end of your testimony, when you wrote it out, you said it just kind of reminds me of the widow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So? So, yeah. Um, just going through this journey of, you know, stepping out in faith, it reminded me of, um, in the Old Testament, the widow, she was starving her and her child. I yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a scholar, no, biblical okay. scholar. Um, she had oil 
and flour. And the prophet told her, okay, well, just give it to me. But that was the last she had left. Uh-huh. That, like, and it was covered in fear and scarcity, I guess. Yeah. And he, sh- he said, well, just give it to me. So she did. She stepped out in faith, gave it, and he was able to multiply it. Yeah. Um, and so oftentimes our gifts, they might be shrouded and covered in fear. Or it's not good enough. But God is able to multiply that. Okay, can I tell you something brilliant? That's my sermon today. In fact, that's my text. I'm preaching that story today. I mean, I just, my heart, I had my eyes filled with tears. I said, this is, this is it. So it's kind of like that double whammy thing. If you just know this is from God. And so the way you told the story was right. Did, you didn't know I was going to be preaching on this. <laughs> no. Did you know? But let's dive into God's word because you really prepped our hearts. Thank God you. bless you. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, in the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verse 17, Colossians 4, 17, Paul gives us this scripture, and this is kind of foundational for us today. It says, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. God has put something on your heart to do, something you're supposed to take action on. Today's message is entitled, Take Action, Follow Through, Follow Through. But God has put things in your heart. I don't know what it is, but my challenge to you today is to follow through. In our scripture today, we're looking in 1 Kings chapter number 17 about the story of Elijah. Uh, now, now, right before this, just to give you some context, it, the story is Elijah is being fed by ravens. Uh, he, he, this, there's this miraculous provision that's coming to him. He was in the wilderness all alone. Uh, it was during a time of huge drought. Uh, it was, a, again, like an economic depression was what was going on. Uh, the depression was really brought on by the evil actions of the king, King Ahab at the time. And Ahab thought that or felt that Elijah was the bad guy because Elijah caused the, uh, the, the drought because Elijah said it's going to happen. But actually the truth is, is that, that God brought it as, as, as a way of, of judging Ahab so Ahab would change his ways. But, uh, but things weren't good so Elijah went and hid. And the scriptures tell us that he hid in this remote ravine and he was down and he was depressed and he was sulking and he was sad and he was suicidal and it's kind of funny I I saw this yesterday a friend of mine who is a pastor in Hawaii uh, he's preaching on this story this this first part of the story today out in Hawaii so he's still probably in bed but when he gets up he's going to be preaching about this it's called cake and naps and that's actually can you get do you guys have that there it is. And this was on his Instagram yesterday. And I, I had to, to, to jab at him a little bit. It's great because he said, he said, when Elijah was struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts, God ministered to him. He pretty much said, here, Elijah, eat some cake and take a nap and everything's going to be all right. <laughs> so he said, never underestimate the power of cake and naps. So I'm sure he's going to do a great sermon on that. But this is part two of cake and naps, which is being preached before he even gets out of bed in Hawaii. All right. But see, God had provided miraculously to Elijah by sending this raven that brought him food. And ever since I was a kid, I was wondering, where did the the raven get the food? Did God create it and give it to him? Or or is this raven going and and there was a bakery somewhere around him and grabbed the food and take it to Elijah twice a day? I don't know. I don't know. I'll find out in heaven, I guess. But after a while in this setting, uh, the, the Bible says that the brook dried up because of the intensity of the drought. And you guys know this, if there's no water, you can't survive, right? 
So now we pick up on the story for today's message here in Fort Worth, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number seven. And, uh, and, and I wanna pray that God really, I've been praying that God will really, really speak to your heart specifically. Take a look in verse seven. So sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, here's the deal. God may be meeting some of your needs right now supernaturally on his own. And, and that does happen. But I, I need to explain something. That's actually very rare because God typically wants to work through people. Uh, there are just a few places in scripture where God just does something on his own with no interaction from man, with no human participation. But, uh, and, and, and the truth is though, as some of you are at, you're, you're, you're finding yourself at this transition point where God has dried up your source of provision that maybe he had even provided miraculous for you, and that is a hint from God. That's a nudge from God to say, I need for you to get up and get going. It's time to do what I told you to do. It's a new season as it was for Elijah. It was time for him to move away from the brook. It was dried up. So we move into verse number eight, and it says, then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once. In other words, there's no more water coming here, all right? Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. Now, this is critically important here. It's a little element of the story that I never really caught as a kid. But God spoke to the widow, who was, uh, according to the map, about 100 miles away. God spoke to this widow that she was to feed this, this person. She didn't know Elijah. She didn't know who he was. In fact, she didn't even live in Israel. This was a neighboring nation uh, up on the coast. And so it had been very unlikely that she was even a God worshiper. But God still spoke to her. That's kind of cool. God will speak to someone who's you know, just way out there to be a part of your miracle, all right? Okay, but God spoke to her 100 miles away, and then, then God spoke to Elijah because God said, I've already been talking to this lady, and she's gonna do this for you. Now look at verse 10. So he went to Zarephath. I mean, that's enough motivation right there. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I can have a drink. Now, I find that interesting because God directed him there to be fed by this woman, but even Elijah, the great man of faith, is going, uh, can I have some f- f- water? <laughs> it, it's, it's really interesting how God sets up a big, amazing miracle for us and, and tells us to go for it, and then we get to the edge and we ask for less than God has planned for us. Don't make that mistake. And if you make that mistake, you just amp it up with the next request, all right? You do that. Now, if Elijah would have just stopped there by just asking for the water, not sure what's going on. Is this the woman? There was no beam of light on him. There was no beam of light on her. I mean, what's the deal? Very likely he would have felt really good and gotten a cup of cold water, but that would have been it. But he went on, thank God. So look at verse number 11. It says, as she was going to get it, he called, and, and, uh, bring me, please, please, (laughs) a piece of bread. He didn't ask for a meal. He asked for a piece of bread. Just asked for a little bit. Uh, Again, I'll, I'll just say thank God for the change of heart. 
And sometimes that's what we, we just got to ask, keep asking. He finally used his faith and he asked something a little more bold. He got bolder there. Uh, again, keeping in mind, this might not have been the right widow. He might look stupid. Uh, uh, she might turn around and say, you're crazy. But faith always demands the risk of potentially looking stupid. Uh, if, if you take anything home today, remember that. Faith always, always, always demands the risk of potentially looking stupid. Then look what happened in verse number 12. It says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, he's talking to the woman. <laughs> she replied, actually, no, this is the woman talking to him. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she's not talking about her God, his God. I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug, and I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and to make a meal for myself and my son so we can eat it and die. Wait, 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 wait now. Rewind in the story. Didn't God already speak to her that she was to feed this prophet who came? But now where's her faith? <laughs> In fact, the only thing that looks like she has faith for is that she's going to die here in, in the next few days. Now, again, we don't know how much time transpired between the time God spoke to her, then spoke to Elijah, and then Elijah actually got up and went. But it was about 100 miles, and they were, of course, traveling on foot. So it would have taken several days, likely, I mean, a couple of weeks at the very least. Elijah finally gets there, but at this point, she's so depressed that all she can believe for is one final meal before starvation. I mean, she may have had faith looking for this guy for the first two or three days, but then the food's running out. It's getting worse and it's getting worse. This guy never comes. She never heard this from God. And who is God anyway? Finally, though, in verse 13, God now speaks boldly through Elijah. And this is where the boldness comes in. This is it. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread. He's not asking for a piece of bread anymore. He's asking for now a small loaf of bread. I like how it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Make a small loaf of bread for me first and then bring it to me. And then go back and make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Just like the widow, you've received a promise from God and you're frustrated because you don't see it happening. In fact, in many cases, things have gotten worse for you since God's word came to you. And that's actually very normal something we all go through. But now God's asking you to step out in faith and, and, uh, and it just seems naturally r- ridiculous. Yet, yet, yet at the same time, you do remember back that God told you, you know, maybe for you there would be a situation that you would be able to intervene in and, and you would be able to step up into your destiny and you would begin living out your legacy. But it would have been easier to do five years ago or two years ago. But now... I mean, come on, God, now? And God says, yeah, now, now. Look at verse 15. It says, she went away and did as Elijah had told her, and there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord had spoken by Elijah. 
I don't know how the miracle happened. But as I read the story, I pick up little, 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 little bits of it. Like she had to make the bread first for Elijah and then he said, and then I want you to bring it to me before you make anything else. And can you imagine when she got back, because after she had done that first step of the miracle, she gets back, I believe, that's when she all of a sudden saw, oh wait, I have plenty here. And she probably used it up that day. And the next day, the next morning, she gets up and it's full again, almost like the manna coming every single day. God just kept supplying. God would have supplied this according to the timeline on this. This would have gone on for years, years. I, and, and I'm just telling you guys, there are so many applications to this story because a miracle happened to this lady who was very, very, very much on the edge, like some of you feel you are right now. Lots of messages. I mean, messages that God, God will take care of widows. He's looking for somebody to intervene in the face of the widow also. But God's also going to meet your needs. God met Elijah's needs as well as the widow. I mean, I mean, why and how? I keep asking that question about this story. It really just comes down to this. Both of them received a word from God two different places at two different times, not even knowing each other, but both were obedient to God to make it happen, even though we can see signs of doubt on each side. But I'm telling you guys, that's usually how God works. God wants to find people, and usually two people at least, to begin doing what he's saying so that the miracle can happen. God wants to partner with you. God loves to partner with people. That is the majority of the way God works in the scriptures. God wants to partner with us. And, and, And now Elijah, he has food. He's blessed because he was obedient. The widow, she has food. She's blessed because she's obedient. Her son is blessed. He has food. Because, he was, because his mom was obedient and because the stranger guy was obedient. The story goes on that Elijah ended up moving in uh, into an upstairs room up over the house and he, he ended up living there. So it wasn't a one-time meal. This thing went on and on and on. And the widow now, I mean, she has a prophet living in her home and she has food and she's blessed and, and everybody's blessed and, and it just continues to grow based upon their decisions. In fact, you can read the story a little bit later on. The boy eventually dies. He, he, he has some kind of a horrible death. We're not sure exactly what happened, a disease, a sickness or something came over him. And, and then, then he, well, who was there? Elijah was there. And the woman, you know, she got all freaked out again. Read the story. She goes, well, there must be sin in my life because my son died. And, and, oh, you know, how can you let this happen to me, prophet? And the prophet just went in there and prayed for him. And all of a sudden, the boy comes back to life. And then she, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because then after her son is raised from the dead, she goes, you know what? You really are a man of God. <laughs> but isn't that just like us? You, you can even be right in the middle of the miracle and you can be saying, Oh, God, this is wonderful. God, I hope this is you and just not something natural. You know, but like when people start rising from the dead, I was like, okay, God, God, that's God, that's God, that's God. But my challenge is to not wait till somebody's being risen from the dead. Start obeying God on what he's speaking to you. When God speaks, he has spoken. When God speaks, so quit doubting, quit stalling. God has spoken with the widow. She's, and, and when that moment finally arrived and the stranger walked up asking for water, I mean, she was okay with that, but she started walking off to get water for him. But then he insisted on asking for, well, a little piece of bread. She resisted. And you know, we do that all the time. It's like, okay, God, now? Why now? Why now? But God's saying this, you know, quit looking at the lack. 
what you said earlier, Pam. Let go of the scarcity mentality. Now, our scarcity mentality and her scarcity mentality, I think, would be a lot different because I'd say, okay, she had a right to have her scarcity mentality. But no, quit looking at the lack. Just remember, God spoke. God spoke. I mean, some of you, you've made your heart for the house pledge for Expand 2020. You felt you heard from God, and, and then maybe this week you hit something unexpected. You're like, okay, why now, God? <laughs> well, maybe God has given you a clear step that you're supposed to be taking, maybe in a relationship with a hidden talent in your business, possibly in an area of ministry service and volunteerism, and I don't, I don't know, but... but the opportunity is right in front of you, but you're looking at it and you're saying it's just too scary and these thoughts are going through your head. What if I let God down? What will everybody think? Well, here's the deal. Listen to me. Get this. Follow through on God's word because your miracle is waiting on the other side, but you've got to walk to it. Elijah, he said to the woman, I love it. He said, don't be afraid. Don't be, and I said that to you, don't be afraid follow through. I mean, she heard the word of, the, of God a second time then from Elijah, and, and, and the first time it was just this mystical God spoke to her, and second time Elijah's saying it, and she followed through, therefore she didn't starve to death. Elijah followed through by actually walking a hundred miles and going for this big ask, and when he got there, he realized the ask was much, much, much bigger than what he thought it was going to be. And don't you think he was nervous? Of course he was. Especially when the lady goes and says, well, I don't have anything to give. <laughs> I mean, I would have, I, if I was in that situation, I'd go, okay, wrong widow, wrong widow. You're the wrong, you just go, yeah, you bring me the water, I'll just keep looking for another widow. I, I probably would have stopped right there. But Elijah pressed by asking more than just the water. And if he hadn't have pressed on, even though things looked really bleak on his end, neither of them would have had their miracle. The woman and the son possibly would have starved to death and it could have even happened to Elijah himself. But your miracle is on the other side of obedience. In spite of your apprehension, in spite of your nervousness, in spite of your questioning and your fears, I'm just praying that God will give you peace as you step forward. God wants to partner with you. He wants to bring about a miracle for you and even for somebody else as a part of this thing. See, that's when you begin to quote one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. But it's not your strength, it's his strength. Because you already know you can't do this. It's Christ who gives you strength. God has spoken. Start taking action and he's gonna strengthen you as you take the action. So, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start moving when I start getting the strength from God. God says move now. And watch what God's gonna work through you. So follow through with God's word by acting, taking action on what you've heard from God. See, faith is not some state of mind. Faith is actually following through. I mean, some say, yeah, I mean, God has spoken to me. God, yeah, I'm listening to God. It's like, are you listening to God? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm listening to God. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. You're not listening to God if you're not doing anything in response to what God said. You're not. Say, Tim, how can you say that? Because the Bible did. That's it, all right? I, I thank God for the Bible because this is the, the scriptures say this. It says, don't fool yourself. James says this. This is Jesus' bro- brother, okay? Don't fool yourself into thinking you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. 
And then he goes on to say, those who hear and don't act, like God's spoken to you and you're not taking any action, you're like those who glance in a mirror, walk away, and two minutes later, you have no idea who you are or what you look like. <laughs> but, he says, whoever catches, oh, this is beautiful. You just need to catch a glimpse. You don't need the whole vision. You don't need to see how it's all gonna work out. But it says, whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, you are no distracted scatterbrain. But you are a man or a woman of action. And that person, that person, you, me, we will find delight and affirmation in the obedience. Act on what you hear. Stick with it. Delight and affirmation comes your way. It's the power of the follow through. You've already received a word from God, guys. And it's been clear. Maybe not completely every step, but there are some marching orders. And I believe that if it doesn't scare you a little bit, it might not be God. Because God's going to ask you to do something that you can't do in your own strength. It's accomplished through God doing it through you when you know you can't do it yourself. In fact, there are things in God's kingdom, God's work on this earth that he wants to advance through you. He's waiting for you to take action because there are souls hanging in the balance that you may not even meet until eternity that are are going to be there as a result of some type of action. I was in Phoenix this last week with a group of of downtown uh, church planters from all across North America. And I'm telling you guys, it was so refreshing just to hear their stories of, of, uh, of crazy risk and faith and putting everything on the line and simply doing a, a church in, the, in a city, you know, in the middle of a city, like when the odds are really, really against you, just because they felt a word from God. And they just kept talking about how the dreams that God put into their heart are reality, yet every single one of them, every single one of them also said, yet the frustration's always there because we're not yet still there. And these are pastors who, pastor churches of 200, 500, 8,000. But the blessing is there and they're walking at it because they followed through. That's the story of our church. It's the story of you. Crazy dreams things that could never be accomplished without faith, risk, and fight. That's how we started. Right, Chris? <laughs> that's how we started. Faith, risk, fighting. And that's how we will continue to go forward. The dream that God has put in your heart, whatever that is, you know, you've got to know this. God put it there. It wouldn't be in your heart if God had not put, God didn't put those passions or those thoughts or those desires in your heart to frustrate you. No. So why are you not pursuing them? Follow through on God's word. Your miracle is waiting. I want to pray for your miracles right now. We just all across this room, will you just, will everyone just stand to your feet? Because I want to pray blessing over you right now. If you're ready to step out into a miracle, you're ready to step forward. And so, you know, because I think there's some marching orders every single one of you have. There's no, it, for everybody, it looks different in here. It all looks different for you all. I don't, I don't even want to hear, you just need to know that, that you just need to take that next step. I'm, I'm asking you to begin to follow through. I want to pray for your miracles right now. Will you just close your hands and just lift your hands up to the Lord. Close your eyes, lift your hands up to the Lord. Just lock yourself in with God as I pray for you. God, I pray for boldness and strength and clarity for your people to break out of this ordinary, to break out of where they are right now and to not just be people who kind of hear something but aren't really listening to God, but they will be bold to step out and move forward 
forward and I pray for miracles. I pray for an unraveling of the future in a powerful, positive way as you go before them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And God, that you will do exceedingly, abundantly, more, more than I'm asking. God, hey, God, do more than what they're asking. Abraham, I mean, Elijah just asked for a piece of bread. Then he asked for a loaf of bread, but he got a house and he got meals for years. God, I thank you, God, that you have massive things ahead for us when we walk in obedience. God, give courage and strength and faith to do so in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.